0: listening to the 3nd podcast i am your host justin lewis you can find me on twitter at j underscore temper underscore you can find the podcast on twitter at 3nd pod we are a part of the grizzly bear blues network of podcasts you can find grizzly bear blues on twitter at sbn grizzlies and online at grizzlybearblues.com Make sure you check out GBB Live, the Core Four Podcast, and the Starting Five Podcast. Joining me, as always, is Mister Benjamin P. Hogan. How are you, sir?
1: Doing all right. Glad to be back. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. How's that dad life?
1: It's uh, keeping me busy. Keeping me busy. <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying every second of it, though. I can't. I'm not gonna lie.
0: There's nothing like it. Um, before we get started, I got a bone to pick with you. Okay. Trade me Ja Morant.
1: You're not getting Ja Morant. Again, I'll say what I said on Twitter. You should have taken John ja over Zion Williamson. Hey, man. I know I, get, I know I got you, Luca, and Ja, and I know you would love to have both of them.
0: Oh. Either
1: <laughs> of <one>. them.
0: <laughs> I offered you De'Aaron Fox, and he had an 80-point game. 80, 80 fantasy points still tonight.
1: I know. I know. But uh, Ja still averages more than he does. <laughs> fantasy points per game. And Ja's going to be – his assists are going to jump as soon as uh, Jaron gets back too. He's not going to have to shoulder that load.
0: Yeah. So I'm still going to just make you trade offers <laughs> just over <laughs> and over. you trying to weigh you down.
1: And we're both three and one. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to trade you one of my best players. <laughs> That's what we're battling for. It.
0: Oh man. Uh, so Ben, I'm, I'm almost 31 years old. I'll be 31 in April. And today I, 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 Scrimmage with our team for an hour straight. It is a different thing when you turn 30 years old trying to get up and down the floor <laughs> with some teenagers. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I was giving them guys some buckets, but I'm not going to be able to move tomorrow morning.
1: <laughs> I mean, I play in a uh, well. I played until obviously the pandemic. I'm 35. I was playing in a 35 and up league, and or I guess it was 30 and up league, and that's hard to get up and down the court. Thing is, it's like nobody's really athletic, so you're. You're, you're getting banged a lot more. Like, that's all it is. It's like, I'm not going to let this guy score, so I'm just going to bump him. <laughs>
0: oh, but I
1: can't imagine going up and down with teenagers, I guess. Once my kid – I mean, I'll be 50 by the time my kid's a teen playing basketball, but still, I can't imagine.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, um, because I was at practice today, um, I just we're – fin- we're recording this about 8.40 at night after the, the Phoenix Suns game. Um, I finished the game about an hour ago. Um, and I told Ben when we when we got on here, uh, I could still run through a wall. I absolutely just love this team. Um, and I, I'm just going to say this, and it may be blasphemous, Ben, but I enjoy watching this team significantly more, even without Jaron, than I ever did the Grit and Grind Grizzlies.
1: The Grit, Grind, Grizzlies was not good basketball. It was not beautiful basketball. It was not up and down. It wasn't fun to watch. It was fun to watch on the fact that they beat up their opponents and wore them down, and every game was down to the wire, like you needed heart medication to get through the grit and grind <laughs> grizzlies, but the thing was is they won i mean that's that's what it was you know it that was what was so great and it was finally the city got a winner, and uh professional sports and everyone was taking notice, and the players were likable, but these players were likable too. I'm not ready to say that the, these the Grizz next gen are going to take place at the grit and grind Grizzlies in people's minds, but they're two different styles of basketball. And I can agree with you. It's a, it's a lot more pleasing to the eyes to watch this type of team. And, you know, it's a group of guys that have grown so far, you know, they're young and they've grown with the Grizzlies, you know, they were drafted by the Grizzlies, a lot of them. Whereas most of these guys from the grit and grind, they're all calmly was drafted. Other guys were kind of brought in mesh together but I think it's a lot more fun watching young players develop uh, especially you know together like this group is
0: And it doesn't hurt when you have probably the most talented player in franchise history only in his second year doing the yeah. stuff that he does in a game so let's talk about the yeah. Phoenix game and some takeaways uh, I, I'll give my first takeaway from this game um it, Tillman is a stud um He's a he's a grown ass man. Like how like just I mean, looking him in the face, he looks like he's a forty year old man that's grown up in the hood. <laughs> but like he's twenty two, and he's just he's just a dude. The only thing yeah. that I that concerns me with Tillman that kind of showed itself tonight is that he's going to struggle to rebound against the DeAndre Aytons, the Carl Anthony Towns, um, the Dwight Howards, um, just because of their length against him but this dude can flat out defend anybody um, get in position. And I think the most surprising thing with that I have from him is the touch that he has on his floater. It's like contagious in Memphis. People being going to hit a floater. Um, There was that one play where, where BC threw a lob to, to Tillman, a big to big lob. And then Tillman hits that corner three, like, yep, just another second round pick that Memphis pulled out of their butt that has completely shocked me. So like, I'm, overjoyed with with his play
1: yeah and it it makes the big men a couple of you know depends on what you want to get or try and get in the trade deadline but I mean it makes Jonas or Georgie or either of them expendable
0: yeah no doubt um one thing I want to you know bring up that you and I talked about before we hopped on was D'Anthony Melton did not play tonight in you said that you've seen nothing so far post game about why um, he didn't play, and I talked to Sean Coleman uh, of Grizzly Bear Blues and Locked On Grizzlies, and he said nobody in the post game press conference asked coach about Milton not playing. Um, don't you? That's that's kind of odd. Yeah,
1: nothing was said pregame either, so it wasn't on the injury report. I did, you know, I know Jonas has his uh, health. Stuff And I know Melton had stuff earlier in the season. I don't know if it's related to that. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow. But it's just weird, especially when it felt like uh, Taylor Jenkins was going with smaller lineups, it it was surprising to see uh, Melton didn't get any run tonight if he is actually healthy.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Jenkins in lineups. How about the lineup that he closed the game with? Um, rightfully so, Dylan Brooks was on the bench. Um, yeah. But it seems like he's done a great job of not not just defaulting to the starters to close games. He's going with the hot hand. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he ended the game with Ja, Tyus, Grayson, Kyle, and then BC was playing the five. And he did some uh, defensive offensive subs. Um, getting Tillman in there for some rebounding and some defense here and there. But um, what what do you make of Jenkins uh, lineups and rotations tonight?
1: I think he did a great job. I mean, that's been my, the thing I've been most critical about with Jenkins is not figuring out the good lineups to work with and, you know, trying to get a flow of the game and just like these guys, he's, he's still learning on the job. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you said he would default to the starting lineup and it just kind of felt like that's the thing to do. But when you got guys that are playing well together and, you know, that's what what happened today and you're figuring out things in game and you're adjusting to it on the fly, that shows the growth in Taylor Jenkins because, you know, normally it's kind of go with what you know from scouting reports and everything like that. But if you're able to adjust in game, that shows the growth of a coach and it shows that he's maturing and it's kind of getting a feel for it, getting a feel for these guys knowing how they play with each other as well as getting a feel for how the game's going and who he can put in in the proper place in order for them to uh, pull out a win against a good Phoenix team. That they're going to be in the playoffs.
0: Oh, no doubt. And Jaw just has a knack for making some big play on the other team's star point guard going down the stretch. That charge that he drew from Chris Paul – it almost looked like he had another one of those James Harden moments where he just tells MFR about me like I thought
1: on. he I was surprised he got that call. I, oh. just because Chris Paul and it's John ja Moran. We've seen it time and time. John ja Moran is Trey Young. Trey Young's getting all the calls. Ja's not getting anything. Then you got Chris Paul, who, you know, I mean, we all know who Chris Paul is. He's he's a guy that I would expect to get that call. He didn't. Yep. And I was shocked and I loved every second of it. Because I was like, I just yelled. I was like, "Ah, oh, Chris Paul, yes!" And you know, because I mean, there's no love loss between Chris no. and yeah.
0: <laughs> No, none. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about a number. What what is that magic per shooting percentage for a three pointer three point shooter? You you know what that number is? No. What's the least. What's the elite club that only a few guys have been in? It's like Steve Nash. Um, I can't remember the other guys in it. It's fifty. 50, 40, 90.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So forty percent from three is that that yeah. target number. Listen to this tonight: Grayson Allen, forty percent; Kyle Anderson, forty percent; Brandon Clark, hundred percent; John Morant, fifty percent; Tillman, fifty percent; Bain, fifty percent; uh, Jane, a hundred percent; Tyus Jones, fifty percent. And then Mister uh Dylan Brooks was a red hot zero percent but for the rest of the team so collectively they shot 42 percent um from downtown and uh nobody shot worse than 40 percent um like you can't ask for more like it's i mean you're looking at it's two for five two for five one for one one for two one for two two for four one for one one for two like the shot distribution has been incredible over these last few games as well.
1: Yeah, and, and some of those threes uh, were at the end of shot clocks. I mean, there was a time during that third period where it felt like every single possession, both offense and defense, was coming down to the last few seconds of the shot clock, and that's also another thing that Taylor Jenkins has instilled in this team is the defense. But, you know, some of those were bad shots, and – they were hitting the shots that they were able to get in rhythm, getting open shots. And like you said, the shot distribution was pretty good. And it seems like these guys are not taking shots just to take shots. You know, they're making sure that they make that extra pass, making sure that, you know, they're, they need to take that shot. If They don't need to take that shot. Those pass around and find a better shot.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's like, I, I told my wife today, like, I'm, I'm going to spend this summer like watching every single Grizzlies game and breaking down every possession and try to learn Taylor Jenkins' offense, um, so I can try to install it next year as a coach. Just because of all the looks that he creates, and what I what I've noticed tonight was a lot of um, the big man comes down the middle of the floor, um, they kick it to him at that up high, and it's dribble handoffs or cuts or something like that. And if they get the handoff, it's I mean you're rounding the corner and you're you're diving towards the basket for a kickout or for a layup. Um, And it just – it creates so many looks for everybody on the team, and it's just going so well right now. And, like, the crazy part is a five-game win streak, you're above five you you're in the playoff hunt, and you don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. or Justice Winslow. We're not supposed to be here.
1: And you've been plugging and playing. I mean, you had John Morant for two of these games. You didn't have Jonas tonight. I mean, you're – it's not like you've had a healthy roster besides those two. I mean, you've been plugging and playing – and. I know after the game, they talked with uh, – TNT talked with John. He talked about the next man up mentality on the team. And, you know, it's uh, – it's true. That's, that's basically – I mean, that's what they're doing right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the box score here, and it looks like Dylan Brooks was tied for six in minutes tonight. Um, and yeah. it wasn't because he was in foul trouble um he he had two fouls early on Devin Booker one of them was crap um and i thought defensively on booker he did fine um booker was frustrated all night long 12
1: points 5 of 21 i mean that's what you want to get from booker when you're playing against him
0: yeah so like this one of those nights like where you can't dog Dylan you know too much for going 1 for 10 0 for 4 i mean I, for me like one for ten tells me that you probably should have not taken some more shots because he forced some down at the end. I, I don't know if you if you caught it, but it was, um, I think, five minutes ago in the game, there was a timeout called. I think we were down three, like 89-86 or something like that. And I know for a fact that Taylor Jenkins did not draw up a three-point shot for a guy who was one for nine on the night. But Dylan, Jack's one three feet behind the three-point line with somebody standing in front of him. And Kyle Anderson turns around and throws his hands up like, what are you doing? Did you catch that? Right. Yeah,
1: and that's and – that, I mean, that's right when Grant Hill was like, oh, he's having a tough one tonight. Dylan Brooks is one of ten, more or less. And, he said, and I think he – what was it? Oh, he said it was one of those shots in which if you're in, you've been knocking down three <laughs> or four in a row, that's yes. the type of shot you take. But he wasn't. He was one of ten, one of nine before that shot.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yep.
1: That's not what you want to see in a tight game.
0: No, not at all. Like, not even if you're up three. Like, you don't want to see that shot. Um, Right. So, he's still learning, you know, when. I, I guess he's still learning when to not look for his shot. I don't know. It's it's weird. But, yeah, he played 22 minutes and 12 seconds, which is only four more seconds than Desmond Bain. Um and for me, that twenty to twenty-four minute range off the bench is the is the ideal future goal for Dylan. Um, I don't see him playing minutes less than this in many games going forward, unless he is in foul trouble. Um, because of what he was able to do to Devin Booker, uh, but you can't like, you can't sit Grayson Allen when Grayson's going four from eight. He's hit he hit six free throws. Um, I mean. This roster is so deep. Like whoever's got the hot hand, like you're fighting for your spot. Like the only person not fighting for the spot is John Morant, right? And probably Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark's not fighting for playing time either. Um, let's let's talk about this real quick. Uh, we did, I didn't bring this up to you, but how about the fact that Tillman has pretty much eliminated Gorgie's minutes?
1: Yeah, that I was shocked because it was like it just immediately. It went from one game where Gorgie was playing a lot and getting getting some good production, and then all of a sudden it was he's not playing at all, like zero minutes. DMP coach's decision because Tillman was playing so well, and you got Jonas, so you don't need to have three guys, three centers, especially with the way Tillman's playing. And I know he can be a four, he can be a four or five for you. Uh, Once Jaron returns, probably going to be. Five I guess um we'll we'll see what what they do with that, but uh, yeah, I mean you want to still get Gorgie out there because he is a trade asset, you don't want to just not play him at all, it was good to have him out there today, he provided good production when he was out there today, yeah, man, so I, he showed he still got it
0: eight points, three rebounds, hit a three with sixty sixty percent from the field, like a plus ten that was his third highest on the team, like he was productive it just I don't know it shocked me it came out of nowhere that all of a sudden he's just not getting minutes at all that it just seemed kind of drastic to me
1: yeah I, I just think that they want what the, they want a faster lineup out there I think and I think you can't run as much with Jonas or Gorgi and you can't play both of them be those two guys that get you center minutes five minutes at the five and I just think Tillman's a big dude and he can go out in there and wear people down, whereas Gorgie's – he's big, but he's not – like, he's not – I don't think he's as wide as Tillman is. Like, Tillman will go down there and bang with them, with the best of them. And I just think that's where it comes down to. And he's playing well with the bench. I honestly – I would have been surprised if they had actually tried to start Gorgie today and I have Tillman come up yeah. yeah. Because he's been playing so well with the guys. Um. But, I mean, Tillman showed today that he earned that starting spot.
0: So, you you said they want to play a faster lineup. Do you play 2K at all?
1: I haven't in a while.
0: I I have 2K
1: last year's 2K.
0: Okay. So, (laughs) they've got Tillman on 2K21. Dude is the (laughs) slowest person in the game. (laughs) Really? Yes. I got a rebound with him or something one time. And, like, I'm trying to run back down the floor with him. And I'm just like, holy crap, he's not even going to get there before they get the possession. Finished.
1: Oh no, maybe the offense is just moving more smoothly with him out there. It just feels like they're running a faster pace.
0: Yeah, no, I out. I agree. Like he, you know, there's that piece that came out on on Yahoo about Draymond Green and how he created a niche in the NBA for those undersized power forwards, and Tillman was included in that article. Um, and I, I I think you're right. I think he just is another one of those high IQ guys. Played four years of college, knows his role, doesn't try to play a you know beyond that, and the offense just moves. And he's always in the right spot. When, when a guy drives, he's there. Um, Gorgie's not always there. Um, Jonas typically is, but, like, for a rookie, he has such a great feel for the game, um, which is going to lead me into the, to our new segment that we're going to introduce. Um, we're we're kind of tossing names around, um, the bear market. And it's kind of a, a stock watch related to the Grizzlies. And I'm going to look at short-term stuff, and, and Ben's going to look at some long-term stuff. And one of my stock ups is Tillman um, and his minutes that he has going forward. He played 28 tonight. Uh had 14. Um, I, You know, I don't know if that's the distribution between Tillman and Valanchunas when Valentinus comes back or if it gets closer to like a 24-24 split between the two. You know, Clark ran 35 minutes a night, some at the five. You don't typically want Clark at the five too much. Um, but, it you know, down the stretch, it worked. Um, and my other short-term stock watch um, trending up is Grayson Allen in his minutes. Um, ever since the Brooklyn game, um, he's been a plus five, a plus ten, a plus eleven, and a plus two. Um, and then the only other game he was a plus in the box score was the other Brooklyn win, um, where uh, – hold on, I'll leave that wrong. He's a plus one, a plus eight, a plus 16, and a plus six. Um, he was a plus 15 in the second Lakers loss, where we lost by two. But he's got 10 points, 7 points, 20 points, and 12 points over the last four games. Um, he's getting more minutes. Uh, he's shooting efficiently. He, he had some, some turnovers tonight where he kind of was forcing um, some shots, I not some shots, but some passes. He tried to throw uh, a lob that was ill-advised, and then he tried to make a skip pass at the corner um, when he actually had a lob that time that he should have thrown. But Grayson has been playing phenomenally, and if Joe Mullinax listens to this podcast, um, you're definitely going to have to learn to love Grayson Allen um, because a dude can flat-out play. He plays just as hard as DB does. He's not as big as Dylan, but he's always – for the rest of their careers, going to be a more efficient basketball player than Dylan Brooks is. you got to figure out how to learn Grayson Allen if you're a Grizzlies fan because a dude can play. Ben, you got the long-term stock watch. What's up?
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to go on the, the Grayson thing also real quick because it just feels like people have it out for Grayson. He's kind of the opposite of Dylan Brooks. Like, the people that love Dylan Brooks hate Grayson Allen. But go to the grave defending Dylan Brooks, he goes one for ten. Grayson Allen comes in hits a big shot. Grayson Allen's been great. I wouldn't say great. He's been a lot better than he has been these last few games. And it's just crazy that the Grayson Allen hate I've seen on Twitter uh, over these last three games, I'm like, you want to argue about Grayson not getting – about Grayson being in the lineup so much? These last few games are not the time to do it. Mm -hmm. I understand that Desmond Bain, you you need to find a way to get him more minutes. D'Anthony Melton, we'll see what happens with him. But right now, you're on, you're on a five-game win streak. And these last three games by Grayson, he's contributed to the winning for them. And he's shown that he's earned minutes in this rotation. And uh, I just I think that it's uh, a little short-sighted for people to say that Grayson Allen does not belong in this lineup or does not belong in the rotation because he's played really good basketball. I, that's, that's my thought on that. Uh, on my stock watch, I have that uh, stock up. Uh, playoff chances Uh, we discussed when job went down uh, what it would look like for the next month we kind of had a timeline that we thought it'd be back around in February like maybe the second week of February and we went through that schedule and we didn't see many wins there Uh, they surprised me getting as many wins as they did with jaw out getting back to 500 uh, when he returned it's just I don't it's just crazy to me that they are sitting in playoff contention right now and they still have Jaron to come back. And John, you know, he, he came back about a month earlier than expected and we're looking at playoffs. We're not looking at draft. I'd rather be talking playoffs, the draft. Uh, Honestly, I mean, I know if they weren't able to uh, get Ja back in as quickly as possible, they would probably be looking at draft, but I think stock up, playoff chances. I mean, they're right in the thick of it. What are they, at the seven spot right they're,
0: now? They're the seven spot, a half game out of the four spot.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's it's early in the season. I get that. But health is always key, and the Grizzlies are getting players back from injury. Hopefully, as long as they stay healthy, we'll see how they – uh with, see what see what happens with that. My other stock up was uh the youth movement movement timeline um, we kind of had a timeline of maybe i don't i don't know what the timeline was, but I don't think that a lot of people thought that this team was going to be this good this early. People liked Tillman you know they, they liked Tillman coming when they drafted him I don't think a lot of people expected him to do this I'll be honest with you i mean I don't think that they expected him to be one of these guys that you could plug in and be comfortable with him playing. Extended minutes if they have to arrest any of these guys or if they're big men get in foul trouble. Uh, Brandon Clark, he struggled early on in the season. Looks like he's got his legs. It looks like he's figured out his shot. I mean, he looks improved from last year, and it looks like he's going to be a big part of the future. I just think the way these guys are playing together, I think that time that youth movement timeline has been bumped up by at least a year. And as Eric Hasletine said on here, Ja came into this season – not looking like a second-year player, but more like a fourth-year player. And that is a big factor of this youth movement timeline being pushed up. My stock down? Well, it's uh, I guess this is a result of the James Harden trade, is the chances that the Grizzlies would not have to overpay if they wanted to bring in another wing, such as a semi-superstar guy, such as a Bradley Beal or Zach Levine, I think that if the Grizzlies want to bring in that, they're going to have to overpay. And I don't think that they necessarily need
0: to right now. Do you, do you think the net's overpaid? Mm, it depends. Because um, look at the picks. The picks are... I mean, those three guys still have five to six good years left in them, probably. Like Those picks are going to be late right. first-round picks. Um, but you're
1: not bringing in a James Harden. And I just think that you're just gonna have to overpay. I, I just, that's that's what I think. I think you're gonna have to overpay with picks, and you have to give up somebody. I don't I mean. What what are your thoughts on giving up Brandon Clark to bring in Bradley Beal? Are you fine with that?
0: Brandon Clark for Bradley Beal. That is the question for Grizzly Bear Blue Slack, and Grizzly's Twitter. I know it is. But <laughs> so, that's the thing
1: is like. You're you're not gonna get you're not gonna trade Ja, you're not gonna trade Jaron. The next guy on the list would have to be Brandon Clark. I mean, that's the guy that has not been deemed, quote, untouchable. Some people think he's untouchable, but no, if you're looking I, at if you're looking at ownership, they're not Brandon Clark's not gonna be that untouchable guy.
0: Right. And, I don't, and he's not. He's not untouchable at all. I mean, you look at him like the comparison I've made in the past, in that Phoenix Suns team Steve Nash and Amari Sotomayor during that run were untouchable. Like you weren't getting rid of those two guys. Right. That's your jaw and your Jaron. Sean Marion, a very, very important piece to that team, but not untouchable. Um, At the right price and the right player, um, Sean Marion could have been moved from that team. And I think Brandon Clark for the right price um, could be moved. Do I do it this year? I don't think so. Like – here, here's the only way that I'm like we trigger a Bradley Beal trade this season. Jaron comes back and we're absolutely just rolling through people and there's an injury at the top, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers, you know, Paul George, you know, gets hurt or Anthony Davis gets hurt or somebody like that where, like, the window all of a sudden opens um, because this isn't our window, not yet. Like you said right. the, stock, the stock is up on our, on our window. Um, it, it's, it's going to shrink. And I agree with that. Um, we are going to be ready sooner than even most Grizzly fans expected. But for this year, do I pull the trigger on a Bradley bill trade? It, it has to be some circumstance where the window just swings open. Um, I mean, if the wizards are still going to try to make the playoffs in the East, they're going to need a center because Bryant went down with a torn ACL. So, like, come on and get Valanciunas if you want. Um, We'll we'll give you Dylan Brooks. Um, We'll give you we'll give (laughs) you we'll give you Grayson Allen, (laughs) Um, and some picks. Any
1: deal that Dylan Brooks is on the table for you.
0: (laughs) But like, they're gonna they need a replacement like at the position. Um, So Dylan Brooks is the guy that they were gonna ask for. Dylan Brooks makes contract, you know. you know, salaries work. Um, and then you sent some picks. So like this year, I don't think I'm ready to jump off Brandon. He's not untouchable, but I don't think Bradley bill, um, in a non-contending year is that price. He's, he's, you give me somebody younger, like you're going to, you're going to offer me Devin Booker for Brandon Clark. Yeah, let's go. Like Booker's still only like 22, 23 years old. Um, but not for bill and definitely not for the other guy you mentioned and Zach Levine. Um, <laughs> These fools gold, putting up big numbers on uh, – He's Tyree Givens, man.
1: I feel you. I mean, my whole thing on the Brandon Clark stuff is, like, when Justice and Jaron come back, Brandon's probably going to be moved to the bench. And you got to think you're trading a bench guy plus picks, probably plus another player or two, and you're bringing in a bona fide starter. you got to think – see – A star. And that's – do what? A I know. star. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way I can see that I'm okay with moving Brandon Clark. I love Brandon Clark. I'd love to have him for as long as this youth movement, as long as this Grizz Next Gen group is still here. But I'm not against trading a bench guy, a big man, some picks for a superstar.
0: Yeah, m- my thing is – with this team, the depth is such a strength. And right. And who in the world is coming off the bench to produce like BC has come off the bench and produce? Like,
1: nobody. I mean, I know you maybe – uh, consistently, nobody. You're going to get Desmond Bain because he's going to be on fire and he's going to knock down four or five threes and you're going to get eight points from Desmond Bain sometimes. You're going to get that from Grayson Allen. But consistently, you're not going to get the production from those guys like you would Brandon Clark.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's why I think I'm just not ready to do it this season just because he's too valuable um, to this team um, more so than as an asset. Like, I don't think he's that valuable of an asset to every team that would come knocking. Um, but for this team, he's a very valuable asset. Um Any other stock downs?
1: No, that's, uh, that's really what all I got for the stock downs for the future. I don't, I don't see anything else that there's a problem with right now. I mean, it's a weekly deal, so I'll, I'll find something else. But for right now, it's like for the future, everything looks good.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. All right. So let's, let's look at the week ahead. We got four games between, the the release of this podcast and the release of the next podcast. And it's, Four games against two teams, two road yep. games, two home, two home games. You're at the Blazers Wednesday and Friday. you you got the Kings at home on uh, Sunday and Monday on a back-to-back. Um, I'm going I'm to go first um, with my thoughts on it. I'm going to turn it to you and then let you talk about uh, the other segment that we're going to add to it. Uh, on the road at Portland, I think we at least split one of these because I feel like they're going to go in there with we owe these guys one um you know we got to get one back from these guys um i think jaw's gonna have a monster game against i mean who's gonna guard Jaw between damian lillard and cj mccollum not either one of those guys um which i think cj actually rolled an ankle so they're gonna be down cj they're down Nurkic. um so who's tillman gotta guard Cantor? okay um good luck Cantor guarding tillman um and then You go with the Kings, man, like, I I still just don't know. Like, they're so hit and miss for me. Um, Darren Fox is a stud. Buddy Hill can shoot the lights out, but neither one of them have been consistent at all. Um, Bagley's unhappy. Um, I I just think the Kings are still a crap show. I think you can end this upcoming week uh, probably Mm -hmm. three and one, putting you at, you know, 10 and seven on the season. Um, Pretty good position looking ahead into February.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with you on uh, on possibly going three and one. I do think it's good to. Uh, I think it, it's not unrealistic to see you go to Portland and split uh, one and one with them. And I just think you're better than Sacramento, and you got to prove it. And these are those games in which you have to win because the, I mean this this West it's <laughs> it's tough. It's a gauntlet, and you you just got to go in and win those games that you're supposed to win I know in the NBA I think it's you know you, there's five games every year where you lose five or six games every year that you lose that you shouldn't and same but the, it always works itself out but you want to put yourself in position with that and the new segment that we were going to discuss on uh the betting aspect because I know that's kind of it's legal now uh online betting is legal now in Tennessee I guess the on your phone, and the Grizzlies had a partnership uh, with one of the betting websites, betting uh, groups. And uh, we're gonna look at that, and I think it kind of goes well into it because they do play Portland, and they play Portland in Portland twice. And uh, going into today's game, Portland was two and five at home against the spread. They lost to San Antonio. My favorite. They are now two and six at home against the spread. So that's something to look at. They're seven and six on the year. They're eight and five against the spread. They're four and nine on the over-under. That means that nine times the under is hit, four times the over is hit. And as the aforementioned trailblazers, they are uh, two and six at home against the spread. Uh, They're six and seven overall against the spread, eight and five overall record. Five and eight on the over/under. So both these teams, the Grizzlies and the Blazers, like to go under. We're not telling you what sides to bet because these lines are going to move, as we've seen uh, this year. Every game's unpredictable, on who's going to be ready to go? Who's going to suit up? We don't know who's going to suit up. We don't even know if these games are actually going to be played. <laughs> they can be canceled 24 hours before tip.
0: So let and me then, uh, let me update you real quick um the spurs beat the blazers by 21 uh in portland yeah. today putting them at eight and six so another yeah. one of the trailblazers drop at home
1: yeah so that means they're six and eight against the spread and then they're uh i don't know what the over under on that was so they're they hit the under more often than they hit the over still doesn't matter if they hit the over on this one they're still uh under on the year. The Kings, on the other hand, they like to score. They're 10-4 and four on the over-under. It means they go over 10 of their 14 games. They're 5-9 and nine overall as well as 5-9 and nine against
0: the spread. Portland San Antonio over-under was 228.5. It was
1: 229. Well, they're 6-8 <laughs> against the over-under now. But still, like I said, they still hit the under more than they hit the over. I've learned on Memphis basketball overall, under. you bet the <laughs> doesn't matter if it's the Grizzlies doesn't matter if it's the Tigers Tigers have hit the over twice all season
0: it's definitely the under maybe
1: once and they, it, they've hit the under on all but two games I think one was a push and I think the other they hit the over and so Memphis basketball bet the under if you want that's, uh, that's, that's the only suggestion I'm giving you <laughs> on this
0: uh, that's, yeah that's a safe, um, the safe we're
1: we'll going to name for this segment too try yeah. to get it out try to organize a little better for sure we we both been pretty busy
0: <laughs> yeah you think <laughs> you know i was just thinking like uh if we had molinax on with the two of us for an episode 3 and d would uh the d would stand for dads yeah i think are you we the only, are we the only three dads that are podcast hosts i think we are uh, no one of the starting five guys just had a had a uh, a little baby That's right. I can't remember. There's five of them, so I don't still know all their names very well yet. Um, Yeah. So, um, Grizzlies win on MLK Day uh, on national television. John Morant is a post-game interview with the TNT guys. Um, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has the in-game interview with the TNT guys. And I think it's just a big moment overall uh, for the Grizzlies today to not drop one on national television, to take a – depleted roster into what looked like a fully healthy Phoenix roster um, and win. Um, This team is going to do some things. This core is going to do some great things greater than uh, I think the core four ever did, um, which seems crazy because they are so young and they haven't done anything yet. And the core four is the greatest, you know, group in in franchise history. Um, But I think, history is going to be made with this group of guys.
1: And I think real quick, um, if if things keep going this way, this is going to be the team that you don't want to see in the playoffs. You may get past them, but they're going to make you work for every single win. And it's not going to be easy. It's kind of like the grit and grind Grizzlies, where that was the team that no one wanted to face. They didn't want to have to – those first-round matchups, you want to go in, get in 4-1, 4-0, get out, prepare for the next series – no, it's it's not going to be that easy against this Grizzlies team. Mm-mm. And, you know, again, the timeline, we'll see exactly how far ahead of the timeline they are if they continue and end up in the playoffs, which I think right now it's safe to say we are expecting that.
0: I think so, especially because you're going to add the talent of Jaron Jackson Jr. to this. Dude, this is going to be so much fun to watch him yep. included in this. Um, well, Ben – uh, anything you want to throw in there before we we wrap this thing up?
1: No, nah, that's that's all I got. I mean, it's been it's it's gonna be a fun season.
0: Yeah, and we, I, when it started, we weren't sure we could say that just because we knew that we Jaron was gonna be out for a while. Um, we thought we were gonna be struggling. I, how many people predicted seven and six in thirteen games? Nobody. No,
1: especially when Jaw went down, it was like maybe we can get one. Kendrick Perkins, yeah, they're going to lose every game. I mean, it's
0: – And they borderline one every one of them. Yeah. So much from my dream of Jalen Green.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Unless, I, so. you know, I mean, fingers crossed that doesn't happen because that means something bad happened yeah. along the way.
0: That's true. Well, Ben, I know your baby's probably asleep, so you need to go try to catch some sleep while he's down. Yeah. And I'm going to go do the same. Um Wish us luck. We got our third district game of the season tomorrow night at home. Um, Good luck. Thank you, thank you. Um, we, we're expected to win both district games this week, but we're still working on some team chemistry and uh, installing an offense that nobody has seen yet. So,
1: uh, Yeah, so uh, you're pretty excited about that Trey Young shot earlier uh, over the weekend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on Trey Young, man. <laughs> a, a whole episode on Trey Young. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for Ben, uh, I'm Justin. This has been another episode of the 3ND Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.